Hey guys, you're listening to Terrifying Travels, the podcast where two friends discuss a true crime and a paranormal story in a new city every week. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Maddie. And I think that's the first time we've remembered to do that all of Christmas. Woo! (laughs) Okay, well that is the end of the happiness though, because today's Maddie's case. (laughs) True. Uh, true. (laughs) So I brought wine this time. Good, 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 good. Um, yes. I feel like I recognize your case, but I didn't do any research into it. You'll tell me about it. This is a very famous case, and you probably have heard of it. Uh, maybe that's why it rings some bells, but yes. Uh, hi, guys. Welcome to Spookmas, where Sabrina brings the Christmas fun with legends and myths, and Maddie brings the Halloween vibes with gruesome murders. Um <laughs> And today, I am cranking it up to 100%. Last time, I covered only one murder. And today, I am covering seven. Did you ever watch Spinal Tap? No. Okay, never mind then. Oh, (laughs) There was a whole, it's a parody on, you know, like the Rolling Stones and the Beatles, their documentary movies. Hold on. So they follow these rockers around and it's just fuck up after fuck up after fuck up. Um, but one is they're down there and he's showing him his guitar and the amplifier. And, you know, most amplifiers, they only go up to 11, 10, but mine will go to 11. Oh. Because just when, when, you, when everyone thinks you've given it their all, I can turn it up to 11. <laughs> and it's much funnier if you've seen it because then because he's a complete stoner he says there can you hear it and like it's not on and the, the camera guy's like no i can't well because it's not on right now but if it was on you'd be able to hear it can you hear it <laughs> and obviously that is so much funnier if you've seen it i got, had to watch it in school actually that was great i watched spinal tap as a school project oh oh yeah history of rock and roll oh yes such a good class I didn't even know that class existed. I genuinely thought Canada was a magical place when I saw that. (laughs) All right. So, listeners, discretion is advised as we are discussing child murder, suicide, and incest. Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) So, let's get... I was so close to making a joke at all our favorite things and incest. Never mind. Fuck me. (laughs) No, not our favorite things. Two out of the three of our favorite things. And those even our favorite things. I could make like a sarcastic, haha, oh, incest, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's get into the Lawson family murders. So picture this, Sabrina. North Carolina, 1929. And you need to watch Golden Girls. <laughs> Every time you say picture it, I go, Sicily, 1927. <laughs> and every time you go, huh? We have like on podcast, we've discussed this. We're watching Golden Girls. Yes. I'm I coming over. Watch. We're drinking wine out of those hand painted glasses, and we're watching Golden Girls. Yes. yes. I have them all on DVD. <laughs> yes. All right. A lonely tobacco farm with a barn and a farmhouse. Picture kids running in and out of the front door, the family beagles sunbathing on the front porch. The Lawson family lived on this small farm, the father, Charlie Lawson, working it as a sharecropper. Charlie and Fanny Lawson were the, pan- were the parents to seven adorable children. Arthur, 
19, Marie, 17, Carrie, 12, Maybelle, 7, James, 4, Raymond, 2, and Mary Lou, 4 months old. And the family were enjoying their new life. In 1927, they had saved enough money for this farm, their own farm, on Brook Cove Road. The family was happy, everyone getting along and really enjoying the simple life. It's 1929 and a few days before Christmas. The farm had a good year, so Charlie, the father, decided to surprise the family with a unique Christmas present. New clothes and new family photos. I'll shoot, no new victims for the Icelandic Yule Cat. Charlie loaded everyone up into the horse and buggy and rode into Germantown, North Carolina and bought a new outfit for everyone in the family. Oh, I was on mute. You didn't hear me laugh. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> I did appreciate that you added that. Oh, good. <laughs> no worries. Very good. They then went to the photography shop to get a family portrait, the whole family together in one photo. The little ones sat on stools in the front, the elder siblings and parents standing behind them. Fanny held little Mary Lou in her arms. Then the family returned to the farm. Did you ever just add the last few laughs we're going to get? Because I do know the story. Did you ever have to take those when you were younger? Family photos? Yes. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of photos taken when I was younger because um, I was my grandparents' first grandchild. So just so many, like, photos done, photo sessions, like everything. I have to send you some of them because they're really cute. <laughs> I Mom was pretty big on them. Every time we came back to Canada, we had to get Walmart ones done with the whole, like all the grandkids. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember specifically one year, I can't remember why I was in a bad mood. And mom put me in, and I can't recall whether I was in a bad mood because I hated this outfit or it was my favorite outfit and I was in a bad mood for a whole other reason. I was kind of a bratty kid, though, and I could have just been in a bad mood. And I decided, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not smiling for these photos. And I refused to <laughs> smile for any of these photos. And you know what? Any other family photo, I would have really irked my mom. Mom didn't tell me until after. So we're getting in the car, and I go, see, I didn't smile for any of those photos. And her response was, they're passport photos. You're not supposed to smile. Ah! <laughs> And I have remembered that because we did take family photos with them. I'm fairly certain we did. And I'm smiling-ish, kind of, because I don't think I was willing to truly not smile in a family photo. But, yeah, I had the the passport photos taken right after. I was so pissed, though, when she told me it didn't matter. (laughs) Because I had spent the whole, like, getting ready, the car ride, everything. I'm not smiling. You can't make me smile. Nothing you do is going to make me smile. You couldn't even make a joke. I won't smile. (laughs) And she waited until after to tell me, no, you're a good girl. Thank you for not smiling. <laughs> Jesus Christ, my mother and I really are the same person. And that's why we get don't get on. <laughs> okay. Sorry, back to your sad murder. No. <laughs> yes, back to the sad murder. Yes. All right. Cut to Christmas morning and brace yourself. Marie woke up before the rest of the family and set to making her famous Christmas buns, setting out the butter, sugar, and egg whites, adding in raisins on the top. Shortly after she started, Charlie and Arthur set off on a hunting expedition with the family beagles. Soon, Arthur and Charlie ran out of shotgun ammo, so Charlie sent Arthur into town to get more. 
Soon the whole family was awake and Carrie and Maybell were getting ready to go visit their aunt and uncle nearby. The two girls left the house and headed towards the barn to get something. Little did they know that their father was waiting for them with his shotgun. Charlie shot his two young daughters at Point Blake, and to make sure they were dead, he then bludgeoned them with a hoe handle. He placed their bodies in the tobacco barn. And after this, Charlie continued his rampage. He shot the mother, Fanny, who was sitting on the porch peeling potatoes. Marie, seeing the scene, screamed, and the two smallest boys, James and Raymond, ran through the house looking for hiding places. Charlie entered the house and shot Marie. He then hunted down the boys and killed them as well. Lastly, he killed the baby, Mary Lou, bludgeoning her to death. Charlie then took the bodies, crossed all their arms over their chest, and put rocks under their head. Charlie then went into the nearby woods and wandered around for a few hours. Then he turned the shotgun on himself, committing suicide. Arthur is the only lost and child that survived, returning home from Germantown to find everyone dead. The police were called and came to investigate the police using the family beagles to find Charlie's body in the woods. On his person was a bloody note saying, blame nobody but I. The Lawsons were raised to last in a private family graveyard on a single plot. The killing attracted so much attention that an estimated 1,500 people attended the funeral and took pictures with the castings. Now, Sabrina, just knowing this, what do you think happened? Well, they completely trashed all evidence. Mm-hmm. Letting the whole village tramp through there. Um, I know this story, though. Yep. So I'm not going to answer it because okay. that's all, all I'm going to say is that is too tidy. Too tidy. And why would he let his one son live? Mm-hmm. And I think we've talked about this before. Personally, I would not want to be that one son. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be in Arthur's position either. If Absolutely. my dad cracked and killed the whole family, I hope he started with me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Let's so, get sorry, into- I, to, I said that as in I can't see why his dad would do him that favor. Like, yeah, that's not a favor, but OK. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Let's go into some theories of why Charlie went on this rampage. The first theory is the Charlie head injury theory. The farmhouse was very old, and the older family members were renovating the house, like actively doing renovations and everything. Supposedly, during the renovations, a two-by-four plank fell on Charlie's head, and he sustained a head injury. Supposedly, he wasn't the same after this head injury either, suddenly having really big anger management problems. But an autopsy was performed at John Hopkins Hospital, and no abnormalities were found. But keep in mind, this was also like the 1920s, 1930s. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, brain injuries, like concussions are known to do that. Yeah. Um, and I also feel like we've talked about this on the podcast, but do you know Phineas Gage? Mm, I think so. He was yeah. the one who, and this was like way, like 200 years ago, way before current medicine. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that it happened. But he was the one that took the pipe through the head. Yes. yes and he, he survived, but with a yeah. completely different personality. Mm-hmm. 
But even like concussions, I know a kid who has a concussion and he went from, oh, it's a tragedy because kids only like 16 years old, but he went from being one of the happiest kids on the planet to just subdued as hell. Oh, God. Yeah. So concussions, honestly, I don't get football. Yeah. Like even boxing. I love boxing. My dad and I do boxing every day. It's our cardio. But like we use the focus mitts. I have no intention of ever being hit. Like yep. why yep. there? I don't see any. Don't see why there'd ever be any fun in there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There was a documentary that came out a couple years ago um, about football and concussions. And yeah, I started all... psychology around that same time, so we did have to. It play. It was. It's kind of um. What is it? Relevant? No. Yep. Topical. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So. It, it could definitely be possible that he sustained a head injury and everything was just building, building, building. And he finally just snapped and went on the rampage. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't. No, <laughs> no. So the second theory is that Charlie witnessed an organized crime incident and that he and his family were murdered to silence them. And interestingly enough, Freemason symbols were placed no, on Charlie's tombstones, <laughs> hinting that he was maybe a Freemason. But that has never been confirmed. I loved, I was reading, because I was reading well above my grade level, I was reading the Dan Brown books, and I'm aware, I love the Dan Brown books, but I'm aware that they're total fiction. Yep. Like the fact that you're looking at a painting that was done in the 1400s and assuming it has accuracy to the Last Supper is something else. Yeah. But I assume there's a little, he did a, did a little bit of research on, on the books. I've also done my own research, but I was reading those books about like the Illuminati and stuff mm-hmm. at the same time that Jay-Z and Rihanna were apparently running the Illuminati. <laughs> and I just, come on guys, like we, the, you're honestly, you're buying into what the church wants you to believe. If you're believing that the Freemasons and the Illuminatis are devil worshippers. Mm-hmm. because they weren't they were illuminated they were looking at science which the church didn't want you doing <laughs> like there's nothing devil worshipy about this the church was like you and galileo and all of you can be executed if you believe yep. in something other than creationism yep yeah that was my little my little rant <laughs> <laughs> no, but I remember fine. just getting so agitated at every time someone brings up, well, the Freemasons, and it's like, honestly, they're just a bunch of old dudes. In fact, they're actually now allowing women in. Yeah, like, they're allowed- They're not as secretive as you think. You can just go find lodges. Yeah, seriously. You can just go find your local lodge. They'll probably let you in. I heard that, like, they're not doing great, and, like, I heard from somewhere that the local Freemason lodge was renting out its space as, like, for music lessons and stuff. Because I, f- I feel like it's becoming like, I don't know, the Lions Club. Is that it? Yeah, the Lions Club. It's just becoming Club. one of those things where like, you know, I feel like with the Freemasons, maybe there's a little bit more of heritage involved. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's something if you want to be part of a club, you uh, align with their ideologies. Like, yeah. Somewhere to go after work on a Friday, play squash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> play bridge or canasta or any of those other old, people card games <laughs> yeah yep. yep all right so i have one more theory okay and our most popular theory the one that you have probably heard about the incest theory yeah. and go with that one yeah <laughs> and there's a little credibility to this one 
1990, a book titled White Christmas, Bloody Christmas was published, and in the book, there was an interview with Stella Lawson, a relative of the family. Stella said that Fanny confided in Stella's mother, Jetty Lawson, with her concern about an incestuous relationship between Marie and Charlie. Keep in mind, Jetty passed away in 1928, meaning that Fanny was concerned about this relationship for at least a year. More support for this theory was revealed in the book The Meaning of Our Tears, which was written by the same author. In it, there was another interview by Marie's friend, Ella May. Ella May told the author that in the week before Christmas 1929, that Marie told her that she was pregnant with her father's child and that Fanny and Charlie both knew about it. So many people think that Charlie didn't want the secret getting out and thus massacred his family. What year was this again? 1929. And what exactly what state are we in again? North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm probably not supposed to say stuff like this, but unfortunately that's actually really common where I'm from. Yeah. And nobody kills over it. Mm. Like, I'm not saying, like, in absolutely no way am I supporting it. What I'm saying, though, is it's if you're in a society where it happens, you don't kill over it. Right. You send her away. Um, and maybe she comes back and you pretend, well, it is yours, but you pretend it came from your wife or something. Right. Right. I don't think, and you don't. And to be honest, I think if you were going to kill someone over it, you'd kill her. You wouldn't kill the whole family. Exactly. You wouldn't kill the baby. You wouldn't kill her two younger brothers. Like, it would just yeah. be her, you know. Or, again, she'd be sent away. Like, there was plenty of institutions back then that, like, you'd be like, oh, she has hysteria. Just send her away, oh, yeah. you know. Which is like, she has a bad period. Well, you did something. that with te- teen pregnancies anyway. Yep. Yep. Um. But yeah, we always, I always sound, I shouldn't say we, I'm not going to include you in my insanity, but I always sound like I'm promoting murder. But no, just as if I was in those shoes, take her on a bad hunting accident. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't see how you would draw the line from, I've impregnated my own, oh, I shouldn't scream that as, like Jamie says, you can hear everything I say from the hallway. I've impregnated (laughs) my own daughter and I'm going to kill my whole family like that. Then again, if you've impregnated your own daughter, your head's not right. So yeah, 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 and it it could be a combination of his head injury and the third one that like you know he was they were fine with it, everything was sorted, and then he got a head injury and suddenly everything wasn't sorted. So you know yeah yeah, and also DNA testing wasn't a big thing back then, so I don't know how anyone would know. Yeah. Well, and the other thing to go with the writer, though, is both these books were written by the same person, which could mean this person did extensive, extensive um, interviews. However, yeah. if both your sources are from the same person and there aren't any other sources, there's that, yep. too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And then there's some people who say that this wasn't just like a random massacre, that this was really premeditated because he took them to get those photos done. So there's also the fourth theory that this was all planned by Charlie from a long time ago for whatever reason. 
So, however, that does also leave out why did one son survive? Right, exactly. Like if he premeditated it, that wouldn't, especially since he was the one that sent him away, which means he meant for that to happen. Why? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big mystery. I don't think we'll ever, well, we won't ever know the why exactly. Um, yeah. So those are the top four theories as to why this happened. And Wait, that's that, it? That's it. That's all I can really say about it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's that mysterious. Like. Okay. So happened, maybe I have a completely different. Um, is this not like the White House? The White Farm, the White Farm Murders, too? No, I don't think so. Okay, so it's never called the White Farm Murders. Okay, because I uh, I think the son did it. Hmm. Uh, this isn't like uh, Lizzie Borden or anything. No, 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 no. The White House Farm. Uh, what's the name of the bodies released? Hold on. Uh, oh, no, no. The White House Farm Murders took place in England. Oh, got you. Gotcha. Okay, so that's a completely different, but yeah, no, I still stand by this. I know yeah. this story, and I'm sure I've heard that the son did it. <laughs> oh, the white. So much true crime. I've mixed up all my murders. They're all white. <laughs> it's all right. I still just, no, in my head. Okay, so let me tell you what happened. I have absolutely no idea what happened, but let me tell you what happened. Okay. The son did it. Then he said, oh, no, my dad sent me to town. I was in town the whole time. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I I do see the similarities now. Yes. Oh no no that's what I think happened here. Oh. Oh. That just is what makes sense to me. I don't know why he did it, but yeah. The, just saying, they can't prove it because they have no investigation skills. Yeah. <laughs> so just yeah, say, they, oh, I left the house, dude. I left. Everyone is alive. <laughs> Yeah, but hmm, that's a fair theory. The thing is, is that I think with it, it's the Charlie suicide part that I'm just like, hmm, because they found footprints that were going around this like certain tree for hours. Like the footprints, it was like a trodden yeah. path by the time investigators got to the body, meaning he was yep. pacing around this tree for like hours and hours. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I have a little bit more about the aftermath of the tragedy. So in the aftermath, Charlie's brother kept the house open as a tourist attraction. And it was such a possibility. Yeah, I do. I know this one. I do know this one because I know that. That is some crazy old tiny shit. So crazy. Just to make a quick buck off of this, like, I remember saying that to my dad that Um, Because we went to, well, you would probably have been to the Lorraine Hotel as well, motel, where Martin Luther King was shot. Yes. yes. And they went out of of business. They had shut down. Mm -hmm. Which is wild. And I think that honestly shows so much respect. Sorry that happened to the business. But it shows so much respect to the man. Because so many other things, that would have became a hot spot. Oh, yeah. Like you could have paid hundreds to stay in the same room he was staying in. Yep. But instead, the hotel went out of business. Yeah. Yeah, it's part of the Civil Rights Museum now. So yeah, it's, it's right like, across the road, the road from it. In fact, I think the the Civil Rights Museum is in the building that the shooter was using. Yeah. Which yeah, I, I think that's, that's great. I love that. 
Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it was such a popular attraction that people would come in and pick the raisins off of the buns that Marie was baking that day. And it got to such an, like, so extreme that they had to buy, like, a glass cake saver cover to save the buns, to, like, preserve them. And then they would keep replacing them. And, like, it was just, like, a crazy popular attraction. Um, but even eventually... Hyde, they were ripping the clothes right off of Bonnie. Yeah. <laughs> True. Like, I, I love when people old people talk about how weird our generation was. And it's like, okay, guys, do you hear what you guys were doing? Yeah, you paid five cents to go to a house that, like, which would you like me to time my inverter that? That's like 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> to go steal raisins from dead people's bread. Like, yeah. you know, we may, we may take photos with Nelson Mandela's coffin, but <laughs> we do not, we would not have, well, he wasn't murdered. I can't think of anyone who was murdered recently. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You know what? We didn't roll up in Matthew Perry's house. Oh, yeah. Examples of the pool water. Yep. Yeah. I think that's the best comparison. I think so, too. And I still have feelings about that girl taking photos with Nelson Mandela's coffin. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So eventually, as interest in the case died down, the house was torn down as well. In pop culture, there's a murder ballad called The Murder of the Lawson Family, which was recorded by the Caroline Buddies in 1930 and then covered by the Stanley Brothers in 1956. And to a podcast recently about murder ballads. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's so weird. Yeah, that's really weird. Like, like I understand music as a method of storytelling, but when, but like, is that a story? There is some where they just get a little bit too. Um, Reba Mac, because one of the ones they covered was Reba McIntyre's. Uh, well, it's probably not by her, but this is her I know it by. The night the lights went out in Georgia. Uh, Georgia. Yeah. I love that song. I love that song. And it's the first time I really realized there was like that's like actual storytelling in a song. Yeah. Very well done. Johnny Cash, who I worship, is very good at that. But then there's others where it's like, no, this is an actual murder. Yeah. You don't hear Jay-Z singing about O.J. Simpson killing Nicole Brown. Like. Yeah. 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 References is one thing, but to write a whole song about Then again, you know what? I actually, we should shut up. We are currently making a podcast about a murder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, what were you saying? Oh, yeah. So, um, also in pop culture, the Netflix series, 28 Days Haunted, shows the place where the victims were embalmed and actually describes what happened that day. Um, And they go into it, like, really in depth. And I really enjoyed that show. It's so good. (laughs) I started it, but it was one of those ones where, same thing with um, the one we watched, Sins of Our Mother. My friend put it on in the background, and it's like, no, I'm serious. I'm watching this. She's trying to tell me about her love life, and it's like, nah, girl, what about this crazy-ass mother? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Arthur, the only survivor, died in a freak car accident in 1945, leaving behind his wife and four children. I hope that he was able to find peace and have good Christmases after the tragedy that that happened. And that's my case. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. 
As I'm thinking, God, that poor man never had a happy Christmas ever. That's my case. Okay, cool. Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) I I regret what we're doing. (laughs) I hope he was able to find peace and kind of like just come to terms with what happened, like either counseling or religion or whatever. I just, I just, it wasn't counseling. I can assure you that (laughs) it was probably religion. At that time, there was no, it was probably religion, honestly. I like I don't understand how people do it but they seem to do it yeah honestly. like just tragedy in general I don't know how people recover from well they don't recover but I don't know how they keep going yep yeah but they do I agree absolutely all right shall I wrap it up what are you I doing think- next um right now I just pulled one right out off the I was gonna say right out my ass and it's like no no you put this on the list the legend of Frau Perchetta. Ooh. I said that all wrong, but that's fine. Nah, it sounds great. I spent all day thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to get a, something ready. I've got to get something ready for Maddie. And then you message me and I'm like, oh, okay. So let me do that real quick. <laughs> so next episode, I'm going to go hunt one down and get out of North America, get out of Europe. Yep. Ooh. But right now I just took one off the list. Okay. Gotcha. I'm excited. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned as we continue the 12 Days of Spookmas and bring you the next case of Frau Prichetta. Be sure to like and comment on whatever platform you find your podcast. It's a great way to help us out. Thanks for listening. Happy holidays and stay terrified. Bye. Bye. Bye.